Our second reading this morning is from Philippians chapter 3, the fourth verse. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto all of you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless my speaking and your hearing. Amen. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be here. I am John Tape, a retired pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and I am here this morning at the invitation of Pastor Ebert, and it is a privilege for me to fill in for him today and to share with you a message from sacred scripture. For our sermon this morning, I would like to focus on the epistle lesson from Philippians chapter 3, because here St. Paul tells us about the most important thing in his life. And I hope to show that what was important for Paul 2,000 years ago is just as important for you and me today. What was important for Paul was the great change that took place in his life. Our text starts out with Paul writing, If anyone else thinks he has a reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Here, Paul is talking about his earlier life as a young man growing up in Israel. He is telling us, basically, he had it made. He had the right parents, for he was born of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He lived the right kind of life. He kept the traditions of his people. He says he was blameless under the law. In other words, he lived a good and decent life. We also know from Scripture that Paul had the best education available, trained under Gamaliel, the most highly respected teacher of his day. To have Gamaliel as your teacher would be like today's equivalent of going to Harvard or Yale. So Paul followed in his teacher's steps and became a Pharisee part of the proud, educated elite of the day. 
And we don't know if Paul was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. We don't know that much about his parents or childhood and their financial situation. But we do know that by the time he was in his early manhood years, he had the right reputation, the right education, and the right friends. He was indeed a young, up-and-coming man who was no stranger at high social gatherings. He knew what it to rub elbows with all the big wigs. One might even say he had it made. No doubt he had worked hard to get where he was. He certainly liked where he was. He was respected by his peers and admired by his friends. And so one day he goes to the high priest. And not just anyone could walk up and start a discussion with the high priest, but Paul could. He walks up to the high priest, Caiaphas. You might remember Caiaphas. He was the one who presided at the trial of Jesus before the Sanhedrin. And this couldn't have been more than just a few months after Jesus' trial that Caiaphas is approached by this young man, Paul. And Paul says something like, Caiaphas, I got a great idea. Why don't you give me a letter that authorizes me to go to Damascus and look for Christians there, both men and women? points out that Paul did not favor men. He was an equivalent, he was an equal opportunity persecutor of the church. He was seeking Christian men and women. He said, if I find any, I can arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem for trial. And Caiaphas thought that was a terrific idea. He probably said something like, I like the way you think, Paul. That's a great idea, and you are precisely the man of the job. Here are your letters signed and sealed by me. Bring those Christians back to Jerusalem where we know how to handle them, just like we handled Jesus, just like we handled Stephen. Now, I can't help but wonder how excited Paul was about his new job. Not only did he have the background and the education, but now he had the authority signed and sealed straight from the high Paul was on top of the world, looking down on creation. Things couldn't be going much better. As he collected his gear, gathered his provisions, and called a few assistants, he was soon on his way to Damascus. All was right with the world, and everything was getting better. But, but in an instant, all that changed. His entire world would be turned upside down. You've heard the expression, what a difference a day can make. But with Paul, it was more like five minutes. Five minutes can be important when it's five minutes spent with the creator of the heavens and the earth. Listen to what happened to Paul in his own words. At midday, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant 
and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Nothing in Paul's life was the same after that encounter with God. Those five minutes changed everything in his life. He was soon to learn what he previously thought was good, persecuting the church, was bad. What he previously thought was right, the works righteousness of the Pharisees, is wrong. What he previously thought was important, his Jewish ancestry, was meaningless. How does he say it in our epistle lesson for today? But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Knowing Christ Jesus as Lord surpasses everything else in life. All of those good and important things he had, all that he valued, all that he thought was so great, he says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Knowing Jesus surpasses everything. This was the great reversal in Paul's life. Instead of hating Christ and being an enemy of the church, Paul now loved Christ and lived and worked to extend his church. Instead of being law-centered and works-focused, Paul now would live a life that was gospel-centered and Christ-focused. This would change everything in Paul's life because now, now he knows Christ as his Lord and Savior. And his knowledge was not just a head knowledge about facts, but he now had a personal relationship with Christ as his Lord, and that makes all the difference. Paul continues in our text by explaining this in more detail. He says, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. What Paul now has as a Christian is not merely preferable or a better alternative to what he had before. Rather, his former way of life is now seen as completely worthless, even despicable. It's all rubbish compared to knowing Christ. My dear Christian friends, you and I are not all that different from Paul. Now I know we have never been given authority from any high priest to arrest Christians and bring them to Jerusalem for trial. Nor have we been knocked to the ground with a blinding light from heaven. But, just as surely as God delivered Paul from a life of rubbish to a life of being united with Christ, 
so also he has given you and me that same deliverance because we have the same Lord and the same salvation. Christ didn't come to us on the road to Damascus, but for most of us he came through the water and the word in our baptism. It was there at the baptismal font that we were delivered from living a life on the rubbish heap to living a life with Christ. A life that is now characterized by the fruit of the Lord's Spirit. That is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That kind of life in Christ is the only life worth living. Everything else is rubbish. When Christ comes to you, he does not come empty-handed, but he comes to give you what you need the most for your everyday living and for eternity. It is only in Christ that you have the forgiveness when you sin. It is only in Christ that you have hope when you face despair. It is only in Christ that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of all the confusion and chaos this life brings. It is only in Christ that you have assurance and comfort in times of sickness. It is only in Christ that you have eternal life even in the midst of death. So yes, today is a good day to be reminded of our deliverance in Jesus Christ and to thank him for our salvation and for his perfect life and suffering and death on the cross that made it all possible. Today is a good day to be reminded that the importance of knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior is more important than anything in all the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of St. Paul. We thank you for his preaching and his writings that are preserved for us in the New Testament. We thank you that your love was so powerfully active in his life. Thank you, Lord, for that same love which is powerfully active in our lives as well. Thank you for making such a huge difference in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.